As suddenly as the fire began, it was gone. Rand stared wonderingly at his hand sticking out of the red sleeve of his coat. There was not so much as a singe on the wool. I imagined it all. Frantically, he looked around. Balsamon was gone. Hiran shifted in his sleep. The sniffer and loyal were still only two mounds sticking up out of the low fog. I did imagine it. Before relief had a chance to grow, Payne stabbed his right hand, and he turned it up to look. There, across the palm, was branded a heron. The heron from the hilt of his sword, angry and red, as neatly done as though drawn with an artist's skill. Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning! This podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Great Hunt, please proceed with caution. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 13 through 18 of The Great Hunt. Note, I have not read past chapter 18, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Great Hunt or the next 12 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 18, you should be good. If not, I recommend pausing here and going to read them. Okay, this week, chapter summaries from dragonmount.com, as always. Rand, Huron, and Loyal wake to find the others missing. They discover a portal stone, which Loyal believes has transported them to an alternate world. Rand tries to use it to return, but fails. Huron can still smell Thane's trail, and they follow it south. After Rand and Huron's disappearance, Perrin reaches out to the wolves to help track Pat and Fane. The wolves have given Perrin the name Young Bull. Perrin leads the party south, past where the captured villages have all been murdered. Baron catches up with them, claiming Moraine sent her. Rand, Loyal, and Huron traverse an eerily empty landscape. Balsamon appears before Rand in a dreamlike vision, reminiscing over their ages-long battle. Rand's sword burns him, leaving a heron branded across his palm. Rand's party finds a monument which was supposedly built to commemorate a battle of Hawkwings, but the version in this mirror world is a tribute to the Shadow. They find a woman called Selene being traced by a Grom, a three-eyed frog-like bear creature, which Rand slays. Selene insists on calling Rand a lord and tries to entice him with talk of glory. Rand's party, plus Selene, are chased by another pack of Grom. Despite Rand's desire to follow the trail, the Grom chase them toward a portal stone Selene had told them about before. Selene wants Rand to live in the Oneness, what Rand's father called the Flame in the Void, which he enters when he draws his bow. Rand intentionally seizes Sidene to use the portal stone. Egwene dreams of Rand and Balsamon. The Amaralyn gives Egwene and Nynaeve a lesson, which goes poorly for Nynaeve. They arrive in Tarbalan. Alright, this uh, had a lot of stuff. Yes. Uh, this was a much longer summary than usual because many things happen. And there were lots of chapters and they were very short chapters, which I haven't been used to, but I like. They were. I don't think that's going to continue, which makes uh, me sad. Not, not a whole bunch. I, uh, the, I think the pace is generally better in this book moving forward. I just prefer shorter chapters like this because then that's like fair. if I sit to read, because I try to split it up over a few days and I just liked the shorter chapters. It made me read them faster. Because it wasn't like, oh my god, I've got like a 20-page chapter to read. I mean, I wouldn't consider a 20-page chapter long, but I read long books, so... And also, like, the type in these is small. Yes, it is a dense book. I mean, they aren't like red, white, and royal blue long chapters, because those chapters were way too long. They were. 
they're still long chapters, and I appreciated yeah. the shortness of these ones. And this whole section just kind of, like, moved at, a, I think, a really good pace. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want the whole book to last this long, because some of the longer bits are very nice, and you, we'd miss out a lot of, on a lot of stuff. But when they're in the, like, portal world... We don't need huge explanations of everything. We just need to know that it's weird. Yeah, and I think that there not being explanations of it besides just that it's eerie and weird and things are not making a lot of sense kind of works in this way. Because, like, Rand talks about how he doesn't... He tries not to take in his surroundings because they're so weird and disorienting. Right. And we kind of later learn that they are weird and disorienting because time is flowing faster there. Is it time or the distance is shorter there? I thought it was time. Because they... I guess it could be both. Because they cross what should have been a really long distance in, in a like very no short time in like all. no time at all. Yeah, they didn't even run out of rations. And at one point he mentions, we're probably good for a week. Yeah. And they didn't run out. Right. So it couldn't have been longer of a week in their time, and they whether tra- or not that was accelerated or decelerated. And they traveled about like twice the distance that they had traveled before, it seemed. Right. Like in the last book, I mean. Yeah. And it took them like... 80 billion months to do that. Right. Now, granted, they're not, like, traveling in, like, a column. Like, they had, they had like, a sizable group before hunting the horn, but they're still traveling very, very, very No, fast. I mean, like, from the two rivers to Camelin. It took them, like, oh, well, a gazillion months to do that. Yeah. And they crossed about twice the distance in this weird portal world. Yeah. In three days. Very, very quickly. So either, sure. like, time or space is being a little weird. Yes. I definitely thought there was some time shenanigans going on. Because, I mean, even even if they were moving quickly, they were still, like, weeks ahead of Pat and Payne. Yeah, because that's something that we learn later is that, you know, they're following this trail. And Hiran mentions that it the trail feels off. And that he, it's super faint, and it's like he's remembering the trail, not actually sniffing it out. Right, and it turns out that he's basically just detecting a reflection of what might happen in the real world. Right, and so they're several weeks ahead, which makes me wonder, now that they're out of that world, mm-hmm. how long have they been missing? Like, are they going to... Yeah. Like... I don't think that this is actually what happens, but in theory, they could have been gone for like 80 years and they're going to find Perrin and be, he's going to be like That's an old man. Old we man don't Perrin. Know, old man Perrin. We don't know how long they've been gone. Last battle's come and gone already. Like, they could have been gone for three minutes. They could have been. Who knows? Like, who knows how long they've been gone yeah. to the people who didn't leave with them. Right. Either way, there's some sort of time-space shenanigans. Maybe both. Yes. So, let's so, talk about... Like, specifics in it? Yeah. Yeah, so when they wake up, they're not on the regular world anymore. They're in this portal world. Right. They wake up, and they they see that there's no one around them, and the mound that they had fallen asleep near was no longer just, like, a little mound. It it's, was an actual stone pillar. Yep. And it's covered in diagrams, and it has steps leading up to it that has... Each of the Aja's colors. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm actually very curious about that, and we can talk about it in a in a little bit because I think it'll come up. Later. I don't think it comes up. Like, well, Loyal goes into how these pillars were things that the Aes Sedai used to the ancient Aes Sedai. The ancient Aes Sedai used 
to travel to worlds that might be. And Loyal didn't know what those worlds that might be are until later when he realizes what it is, yeah. which we'll get to in a bit. But the so, ancient Aes Sedai were the men Aes Sedai. Ancient Aes Sedai are men and women. Well, yes, but that's the time that there were men Aes Sedai. Yeah. And so Rand realizes that he probably reached out to the source somehow and brought them here. Right. And he also realizes that, like, oh, I probably did this earlier to break out of that trap. Yes. And here is, this section is where we start to see Rand actually intentionally experimenting with the power. Well, because they have to try to get back. Right. Sidene's the only way that, the Sidene's the way they got there. Sidene's the way they have to get back. He tries to find another way, but... Yep. It turns out that Tam teaching him the Flame of the Void is a very lucky thing for him because it's how he controls the true source. Is it lucky or did Tam just know? Uh, I think it's lucky in the sense that it rained as Taviran. I think that Tam may have known that. How would he have known? I don't know. Like getting a sense, like seeing where Rand, like picking up where Rand was born. Rand was born on top of a volcano. Rand was born on the slopes of Dragon Mount. It's true. So if Tam knows history at all, which we know that he does, and knows anything about the wheel and the constant cycle, even if he just knows a little bit, but he, he knows the know. dragon. He knows the Dragon Mountain is where the dragon. But he doesn't die. He doesn't have the piece of information that Moraine and Swan had, which is the dragon is born on the slopes of Dragon Mount. That's that was just one eye said eye to other eyes said eye. That there's no prophecy about the dragon being born on the slopes of Dragon Mount. Mm-hmm. There's okay. no reason he would have known that. He just saw a baby on a mountain. I, don't know. I, I mean, like weird, but uh, weirder things have happened. I feel like there's more there. Very fair thought. I I don't from from like what we've seen up to now. I don't. I won't say whether or not you are accurate or not based on later stuff. But like up to now, I have no reason to believe Tam thought that. I just think it's Taviran coincidence that his father. The random blade master who found a baby taught him a perfect way to control the power. So you think that he's been Tavirin since he was born? Oh yeah. Okay, because it the seems fucking dragon reborn. It seems like Moraine thinks that these boys just like recently became Tavirin. It's possible, and I think that is probably the case for Perrin and Matt. Maybe with Rand, I think Rand was Rand was probably Tavirin in his mother's womb. <laughs> I mean, he's the strongest Tavirin to have ever lived. Mm. And the world needed him to be a certain way. The world killed his mom. <laughs> the world killed his mom. The un- cosmic chance killed his mother because it needed to happen that way. Yeah. Because he needed to be raised by Tam and the Two Rivers. Because his mother probably wouldn't have known the oneness, the flame in the void. His father probably wouldn't have. And so neither of them would have been equipped to teach him how to feel the power. Mm. Unless one of them was a male channeler. But we would have been insane. We would have had a smaller volcano with a big volcano. Just stack volcanoes. Stacks on stacks yeah. on stacks. But smaller ones because the dragon's like the pinnacle of power. Yeah, anyway. He would just be another geyser. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, something that I was thinking about in this reread with the steps of the steps up to the portal stone is they're they're all painted in the Aja's colors and to me that had to have been a a post-creation thing right because at least Celine, maybe Loyal, mentions that the portal stones predated the ancient Aes Sedai. That they found them and they used them, but they didn't make them. Mm-hmm. So either they just decided, hey, we like these colors, let's paint them. Or 
do those do the, that set of colors have something else to do with like the fabric of the universe? I did not give them a second thought. I was just like, oh, colors. That's purely a reread thing. Because especially since it doesn't come up again. No, it doesn't come so up. So I thought it was just like a literally throwaway detail. It doesn't come up and it won't come up. I'm just curious as to I like, do like the what's the significance of them having being colored. Maybe they were that color and then I said I found them and was like, hey, colors. Yeah. We could organize ourselves that way. Yeah, I, but I would buy also, it as well. But also, if they're painted that color, and depending on how old they were... They could the have co- magic painted that color, though. The colors probably wouldn't have been there. It's like when you look at ancient Greece statues, and they're all white now. Those things were painted. Yeah. Side tangent, if you've never seen an ancient Greece statue painted, Google it. They look so dumb. Sure. They're like, they just are painted these unrealistic colors because you can like go and look back at the pigments. Yeah. Like you can like chemically extract the pigments so that they, you can repaint them digitally. And <laughs> they're like, just, they just look kind of dumb. They look better white. But <laughs> uh-huh. they were painted like blue and red and like, it just looks dumb to me. Yeah. It's wild. Yep. So back, back to the portal world. <laughs> Not ancient Greece. Not ancient Greece. It's just, Um, I saw pictures of it recently and thought it was weird. Okay. A couple of things happen here. Uh, Loyal does some more tracing and he makes a quarter staff. He does, which is uh, weird for him. It is, but he's like, I need 11. Yeah, he's very unsettled by this world. Yes, which is fair. And also, I think that kind of like ties into the Ogier being more connected to the like regular world than other people. Okay. Like yeah. he's more unsettled because he has a connection to the real world that is absent here. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Rand gets visited by Balzaman again. Yep, and it's not really a dream this time. It's kind of like a weird vision. I don't understand. Because it seems like he doesn't really wake up from it. Right. Which means he wasn't sleeping. So it's just this weird vision. And Balzaman mentions that the girl watching over him won't be able to protect him. Right. And I think that's Egwene. Okay. She does explicitly have some sort of dreaming-related power now. Right. And as Rand says, he doesn't think Balzaman would call Maureen the girl. True. Although he might... Maureen is clearly older, though, and I don't think... But Balzamond is much older. Yeah, but even if he's much older, he would still know that there's a difference between a literal girl, like 17, 18, and Maureen, who's somewhere between 40 and 107. Like, I have no idea how old Maureen is. She could be... Maureen's like 50, 60. But she could be super asshole. She's magic. Uh, I just think it's the difference between calling, like, a young aunt... Or an old aunt, a girl from a human, right? Like they're ants. They're tiny, insignificant little things. What what does it matter if there's like a forty year age difference to something that's thousands of years old? Mm. Like once once you start adding zeros, small I don't differences I think don't matter as much. I don't think it's Maureen. That's fair. I also I think agree with you, but I think it is plausible that he could be referring to Maureen. Nah. He mentions that the last battle is coming. Yep. And that the cycle won't restart once Rand dies. Yep. It kind of is like a once, not like if you die. It's like once you die, the cycle won't restart. Right. Which is interesting because if he's telling the truth, even if Rand manages to not go crazy and defeat the Dark One for good, 
Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's a 14-book fantasy series, and it is a fantasy series. You think the good guys prevail? I think the, guy, the good guys probably prevail. <laughs> like, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's just my go- that's just like my gut. Like, Read this book for 14 individual long-ass books, and then the good guys lose. I will be pissed. (laughs) But anyway, so like if Rand does manage to win and then doesn't go crazy and turn into a volcano and, you know, happily gets married and does whatever male channelers can do. Deals with the obscene amounts of PTSD caused by winning. Right. And like, you know, maybe restarts male Aes Sedai and like... You know, lives to be a hundred and he dies. Does that just mean that the cycle's over? <laughs> like, does he, is it like, does uh, he? I think it's more. Does it, is it that no matter how he dies, no, the cycle's I, not restarting? I think it's more if he loses the last battle. That's not what he said, though. No, it's not what he said, but I think it's implied. Like, if I beat you, there's, you can't come back. Like, the dragon is reborn time and time again. So the dark one is saying, this time, if you lose, you're not coming back. It's over. That's fair. But my other reading could be... Could be. Range just has to be immortal now. It's like the reading of the Harry Potter prophecy. It's like like one can't live while the... Like one can't die while the other lives or whatever it is. It's uh-huh. like, wait, does that mean that now Voldemort's dead? Harry can never die? Because that's another reading I've seen. Or is it that Harry has to die before Voldemort can die? There's two valid readings because it's a prophecy and prophecies are weirdly worded. Right. Prophecies suck unless Varen reads them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think think maybe a valid reading of that is that either way, when Rand dies, whether it's because Balsamon kills him or because he lives to be 80 and dies of natural causes, the world's over, guys. Who knows? I... We were talking about this, and I have theories about what is happening here, specifically in relation to the portal world, that I don't know if they're confirmed outside of the books. But if it if we get back to it, I will mention it. I, I just something about this is weird. The portal right? world. Uh, Balsamon's interactions with Rand in the portal world. He's only ever interacted with Rand while Rand was sleeping. Okay. Uh, yeah. Aside from the fight at the Eye of the World. Well. Yeah. But like this, like vision thing. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, when they get back to the real world are they where they lo- where they left from no okay because i mentioned was... they're by like kinslayer's dagger which is like a mountain range I, you okay because like if they were back where they started from were they just like asleep and invisible <laughs> so like what were they in this really weird dream right or were they in the like weird dream world that seems to exist yeah but so but if they didn't there. wake up there yeah. then but that theory. After the vision, Rand has a heron branded on his palm, which seems like a really inconvenient place for a brand. Yeah. But yeah, that's a thing. He's got a heron on his palm now. Well, it's just because he was gripping his sword. And it got hot. Yeah. Good old heat metal. And uh, something that I think is, it comes into play later. Loyal's like, oh, I've got something in my bag that'll help. And Rand's just like, no, I'm fine. And then later when they meet Celine, she's like, I've got something in my bag. And he's like, like okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, no, we, we'll we talk about the, the monument before we talk about Celine. Their like landmark here is what they think to be an intact version of the monument they were talking about to Archer Hawkwin. Correction. What Rand thinks to be that monument because he sees it yeah. and Loyal's immediately like, no. uh, no. And he says, does it really hesitantly. So Rand just like goes for it. And when Loyal comes up to it after Rand's looking at it and he sees the skull of a horned Trolloc, the iron fist of the Daemon? 
Daimon? I don't actually know how to pronounce these. Uh, the Trident of Cabal and the Whirlwind of Afrit. Yep. Fun fact, all of the Trolloc Fist names are names of, like, creatures in myth. Demon, Cobal, Ifrit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a fun fact. It's another one of those, like, Robert Jordan took something from the real world and twisted it around to, to, like, fit it into this. I don't know what fist things are for Trollocs. Fists you are just, just like... Lo- you lost me entirely with that. Fists are just groups of Trollocs. Okay. Like, armies of Trollocs. Okay. So, demon, cobal, ifrit. Mythical creatures. Okay. Yeah, so. Anyway, so this monument. <laughs> <laughs> and so Loyal comes up to it as uh, Rand is staring at it, and he's like, yeah, I tried to tell you that it's not what you think it is is that that's a raven, not a hawk, and therefore it's not Arthur Hawking. Is it Arthur Hawking or Hawkwing? Hawkwing. Because sometimes in the book it says Hawking. I don't think it says Hawking. I mm-hmm. think it's always Hawkwing. I I got messed up on that too. Maybe I'm just a having a dyslexic it's, moment. It's Hawkwing. It's Arthur Hawkwing. A-R-T-U-R. Hawkwing. I'm going to have to look at it again because yeah. I'm sure I've seen Arthur Hawking before. Uh, you probably have not. <laughs> I won't say that typos don't don't exist, but you probably haven't seen it. It might just be my brain. Yeah. Being like, this is what you were expecting to see. Yeah. So there's a monument to the Trollocs. I guess it's really a, more a monument to, like, the forces of the Dark One as yeah, a whole. Because, so, like, what, what do Trollocs do that deserve a monument? Nothing, really. So that's what Loyal... That's when Loyal goes into his thing that he thinks that this is a parallel world. That's what that's what the worlds that might be are. Is it, like, kind of like a, well, what if the Trollocs had one instead of yeah. Arthur, Arthur Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> Just Arthur Hawking to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not right. <laughs> Shortly after they arrive at the monument, they hear like a woman screaming. And yes. she's like down the hill fighting off a frog bear. Yeah. <laughs> also known as a grome, which are kind of creepy because they're like big and they have frog legs, but they're bear sized and they've got three eyes, big ass claws, and they like hop. Yeah, I was not, I was not a fan of that description. And Rand fucks some of them up. Yeah, he does. So they... Well, he fucks one up. And then he later he fucks five up. But we'll get to succession. that because there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of chaos that happens in between. Yes. The chaos of the... The chaos of the pink flag in my flagging system variety. Yes. Pink is reserved for romance. Because yes. everyone is in love with Celine. Celine's got it. And apparently she is the most beautiful person that has ever to be existed. She is so beautiful. Loyal. A, an entirely different species is like, hmm. Yeah, Loyal goes, if there is such a thing as perfect human beauty in face and form, it would be you. And Rand's just like, Loyal. Goddamn. <laughs> but also like, flowery language, Loyal. Good job. Loyal's got game. <laughs> Maybe instead of Rand going, Perrin would know what to say here. <laughs> you should go, Loyal would know what to say here. And then just try to think about it and not actually ask Loyal because Loyal would take ages to tell it. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, Loyal is uh, needs to get his story times a little bit faster. A little bit. Everybody's about Celine, though. Everyone is about Celine. Who apparently woke up at a nearby portal stone, like them, a couple days ago. Which is sus. Because she's also wearing all white. All white. Has a white horse. Yep, and like a silver necklace or something. She's yeah. got some silver jewelry. Which makes me think that she's the woman that the soldiers saw in the villages. Okay, that's fair. A white wearing person. Person who got confused for 
like curtains. I believe it. Because clearly she's able to disappear. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. she's in this parallel world. Maybe we're seeing glimpses of her. Okay. In the parallel world, which makes me think she's been stuck there longer than a few days. Also because we don't know how time works in those things. So she could Do you have think said. This could kind of go into the ghost thing you were thinking about, where like maybe sometimes she breaks through, but then she's pulled back. Possibly. Um, not really sure, but I don't think it's just been a few days since no. she's been stuck in here. And she knows a lot about it. Apparently because she's from Kyrian and they have a good library and she read a specific book that Loyal seems to know about. Yes, because her and Loyal have a long conversation, but yeah, Rand has it bad. Everybody has it bad. Everybody. Rand especially is like, Ooh. But also he's kind of, sm- he's surprisingly smooth for yeah. Rand. Because he's just like, I just love his inner monologue the entire time because he's like, she thinks I'm a lord. I'm not going to correct her. Right. This can't hurt me. <laughs> it's like, who are you? Yeah, Rand suddenly, very suddenly has some game and I think it's because it's not Egwene. He didn't have any game with Elaine either. Yeah, that's maybe true. Maybe it's just, maybe instead of it being like, if the, what if this was the world where Trollocs won? It's like, what if this is the world where Rand, Rand has, has game? game. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe maybe Rand's just about the older women. But he thinks at first that she's Nynaeve's age, and Nynaeve's right. not that much older than him. No. And then he realizes later, because he's like, oh, she needs me. She has to be Egwene's age. <laughs> okay, that's just, that's Rand thinking with a different part of his body. It's so funny. I was dying this entire section. It's, it's like, it's I... Fun. I think it's my favorite part in the whole book so far. Because just his inner monologue, I just, like, he's so funny. And it's a very pure, like, boy thing. Yeah. He's just like, she thinks I'm a lord. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. And then, like, he helps her onto her horse. And And Huron's just, like, scrambling around like a gun. To hold her stirrup for her. This is after he pulls a dipshit move. Like, Huron got hit with the idiot stick because he just, like, mentions that they're hunting for the horn. And she becomes very interested in that. Yeah. She's like, ooh, people who find the horn are great people. They're legends. You should find the horn and be great. And she just, like, keeps talking about the horn. And she's like, when they get back to their other, when they get back to their real world, and Rand is like, oh, well, we'll escort you home because I am a lord and I do do lordly things. I'm a lordly man and I I protect women. (laughs) He's pulling out all the Shinaran sayings, too. He does. Because when, like, she's like, oh, you saved me. He's like, a man who would not die for a woman is no man at all. <laughs> Which is just and like, Kieran's just like, what the fuck? Clearly Lan has rubbed off on him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like remembering it all at once because he's like, pretty, pretty woman. <laughs> Rand just can't handle Celine at all. None of them can. Huron, who's married and has children, is still like scrambling hand over foot to help Celine. Yes. I'm sorry, I can't handle any of it. It's ridiculous. And she knows a lot of stuff. She, does. she knows about the ways because apparently she read a book, like mirrors of the pattern or something. And then Loyal's like, Yeah, I know that book, and then they talk about that for a while. Right. And she knows about the flame of the void or the oneness as she calls it. And she tries to get him to live in it permanently like right off the bat which is an interesting thing to do 
Because she's like, the longer you're in it, the more powerful you'll be. It's like, okay, lady, calm down. She is. Like, you may be very pretty, but you are very power hungry. Yeah, because her thing with that and the horn is just like, she wants, and like, the way it comes off is like, she just wants to, like, attach herself to powerful men. To, and like, she wants Rand to be powerful. Yeah, because I guess, like, and I can kind of understand her logic a little bit. Like, if you're going to be attached to a powerful man, like, find one before they're powerful. Yeah. And one that doesn't seem like he's going to be, like, terrible to you. Because Rand is a sweethearted, little, sweethearted boy. Yeah. Like, he's dumb. But he's he's dumb, but he's sweethearted. He's not going to hurt her. He's like, very, he just, he's also very straightforward. Right. And she's just like, okay, well, maybe I can make him really powerful. And then I can also play him like a puppet. Yeah. Because that's what she's kind of doing. Like, he, she takes his hand and applies the salve to his burn and it starts to heal and like yeah. later they have a moment and he's just like I want to kiss it which <laughs> he's probably not all that smooth in that moment he probably has a dumb look on his face and she has to know probably but she she probably put it there yeah she knew what she was doing she knew what she was she doing she had to know and what he she probably was doing. has this weird like slightly puckered look on his face <laughs> he's like half leaning in <laughs> like got his head tilted at the wrong angle it's it's crazy. It is crazy. But as they're traveling, they're trying to still go after the dark friends, which she's trying to dissuade him from doing. Like, no, you need to go to the portal stone. We need to get back. Like, you need to... She's, like, really trying to encourage him to use the one power. And at one point... Like, she doesn't say that she knows that that's how he got there. Right. But, but she knows about the portal stone. She, she has to know how they're operated. Right. Which, in a surprising moment of clarity, Rand is like, well, how did you get here? How did she get there? Because if she, she used a portal portal stone she had to have channeled she just completely sidesteps the question and it never comes back up like she does a masterful job of sidestepping it well because she's very pretty it's like but i am a little bit proud of rand that he at least had the moment to ask the question <laughs> yeah. and then he got distracted by oh your skin's so soft is it silk yeah <laughs> they so they want to keep chasing the dark dark friends, but they are eventually pushed towards the portal stone by a, like a pack of Grom. There is at first there's only five, and he's like, "I got this." And he and... just fucking Legolas is the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's like standing there. He's he takes the time to count his arrows and he counts out five. He's like sp- like he's like and he I puts only them in five. the ground. He sticks four of them in the ground, knocks one of them, enters the void, and it's just like thunk, 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 thunk. And Huron and Loyal are both just like, "What?" <laughs> Did you just do? Not gonna lie, it's kind of hot. <laughs> don't mess with Two Rivers archers. Do you know who they're based on in history? Welsh longbowmen. I don't know anything about Welsh longbowmen. They're famous. Okay. They um, they've got like they like won a, a famous battle for the English. Okay. Yeah, Rand is an incredible shot. Especially he when he Tam. enters the void. Right, because he was taught by Tam. And originally, the flame of the void was a way to shoot. Like, was taught to Rand as a way to shoot. Right. He didn't use his father's sword. It was hidden in a trunk. It was for the bow and arrow. Rand's an incredible shot. He's not the best shot in the two rivers. Tam isn't even the best shot in the two rivers. Who's the best shot in the two rivers? Matt's dad. Uh-huh. Fun fact. Okay. Does it does it matter? Does where did that come up? Uh it might have come up earlier. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, Rand Rand just knocks five Grolms out. Yeah. And, and then they're like, they're gonna be more. Because like Well, roars. more show up. Well, I don't think more show up directly. So no, much they, as... he sees more in the distance. Okay. I I thought it was just he heard a bunch of them. Because she's like, that was really impressive and all, 
but like, what are you going to do about them? How many arrows you got? Right. And then she points off into the distance right. and is like, we got, we got to go. Yeah, it's a little too bad Rain doesn't actually know how to channel the one power because it wouldn't be a problem for him with the one power. Like, Yeah, but like the more he uses it, right. the more quickly he's going to go crazy. Yeah. So then Celine like teaches Rand what the symbol to use on the portal stone to get back to the real world is and he channels and there's like some weird flickering stuff. Yeah, he does. He channel like he goes into the void in order to channel and when they get back she says something about like we learn a little bit more about the oneness and the void in this is that like the more he uses it the easier it is yeah and the more he uses it the more he's going to want to stay in it right well it's the one power right I Sedai have mentioned now that Sidar is addictive basically but so is the void I don't think the void is the one power no it explicitly isn't because he says like he can feel the light of Sidine outside of the void and he can reach it when he's in it but he right so what to. I'm talking about is just the void and she was talking about the oneness being yeah. like the longer or the more you use it the easier it is to find it and use it and then he says that like he wanted to stay in the void yeah and wanted and didn't want to leave it right I think I mean it's a meditation technique like the more you practice it the easier it is to do yeah I just it pointing out that it scared him that he wanted yeah. to stay in the void yeah especially because when he's in the void he can see Sidine so much easier and so that also scared him. Right. Let's so there are two other point of views in this section, Perrin and Egwene, but before we go to that, let's talk a little bit about Sidine. Because Rand is conscious of his grasping of Sidine here. And he talks about it he com- like the comparison is basically to like drinking water but there's a layer of rancid oil on top that you have to drink before you can get the water. And so every time he grabs Sidine he has to like reach through the t- and every time he does it, some of it's left behind. On him? On him. Makes sense. It's bad. It's, I mean, it's described, like, it, like, makes him want to vomit. Like, every time he does it, he's like, this is great. Makes me, you just said, like, it reminded me of the paint on the water on the trailer. Okay. I mean, that wouldn't be the case in the trailer, because that was Egwene. Yeah, but I, we still haven't figured out what no. the paint and the water thing is with the trailer, so. I have, I have theories on that that I can't talk to you about yet. Okay, that's fair. Because there's a, I think I I think I have a guess as to what that is. Okay. We'll get to it later. But just like the visual metaphor of like taint being left behind is like yeah. when you, if there's something on the surface of the water, like when you do screen printing yeah. and you leave the paint on the top of the water and you dip the screen under and lift up, yeah. you gather some of the paint. The taint is like the worst version of that with, you know, Eldritch Evil instead of paint. Gross. Yeah, it's awful. But they make it back. And they are, like, a couple weeks ahead, and they think they know where Paddenfane's going to be, so they're going to camp and wait and try and cut Paddenfane off and take the Horn of the Dagger back. Because... And then go to Kyran. Matt doesn't want to die. No, Matt does not want to die. And Rain doesn't want Matt to die. Even though Matt is being a dick right now, which brings us into Perrin's section. Because yes. Matt is also being a dick to Perrin. Matt's being a dick to everyone. So Perrin's section kind of happens in the middle of the Rand stuff, but because it doesn't really lead into, like, it just kind of happens in the middle. Yeah. Like, af- in the chapter after we find out that Rand and Heron and Loyal all woke up in a different 
place we switch into parents point of view which picks up with them waking up in that morning too and going like where the heck are they like where'd they go and ingtar is pissed well yeah he's like my sniffer is gone he doesn't think that they deserted no because he's he's like they went missing he's like i don't care if loyal's gone like he could have stayed or left i didn't care so if he did desert whatever he could have left at any time he can't desert he's not part he's not in the chain of command he's an ogier but he's like raided loyal though random heron Oh, yeah, Randon Heron, though, they didn't desert. I don't think they would have deserted. They are good, honorable men. And Matt's like, well, what if he did run away? And then Perrin's just like, shut up. Perrin's like, idiot, stop. Stop talking. And Perrin is like, you know, he wouldn't have run away. And it definitely wouldn't make sense for Rand and Huron to run away together. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Rand and Huron just noped off into the gay sunset. <laughs> Haven't checked AO3. I would... I don't think it's a ship. It wouldn't be the worst ship. There are worse ones. Anyway. Neither of them can get their shit together. Neither so of them can get their shit together. Just... But back with Perrin. <laughs> Perrin tries to find them and he reaches out towards the wolves. And we learn that the wolves have named him Young Bull. Yep. We learn what Elias's wolf name is. Long Tooth. Because he's got those knives. Yeah. And we also... Once he kind of gets a trail on Padden Fane and he talks to Ingtar who figures out what Perrin is and oh yeah because he talks about he talks there about... was someone else He's and he says Elias yep. and talks about Elias being a warder which I feel like was mentioned before maybe not in such concrete terms because Lan talked about being trained by Elias but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that he Elias was a, warder, was a warder just that he at least trained Lan and now we get confirmation that Elias was in fact a warder who yeah. was his Aes Sedai? I don't remember and I don't know if we ever find out Damn. we might and like did the Aes Sedai die and that's why he left or did he can an Aes Sedai or can a warder just leave their Aes Sedai and like does do they feel that bond always read and find out these are my questions read and find out I feel like I haven't hit you with enough of those recently but yeah so we get mentions of Elias and Ingtar kind of like alright well cool we can use that like he doesn't seem bothered by it no, he's man. like the Borderlanders are all like very cool with people being weird they're like you're not evil okay and actually but, he mentions that Borderlanders like wolves but just just to be safe, they disguise him as a sniffer. Right, because Just, the, the like random rank and file soldiers are going to be comfortable with him being a sniffer. They don't have of... to explain what this wolf bond is because not a lot of people know about it. He's like, I don't right. think that they'd find a problem with it, but we'd have to explain it and we just don't have time. We've got to find the horn. They know what a sniffer is. Right. So we're just going to go with it. Yeah. And then Matt's just like, wait, you're a sniffer now? What the fuck? And like, is being a total dick about it. about it. Yeah. It's just like, okay, sir. And then later when they, when Perrin thinks like smells someone or the wolves alert him to someone they're like oh someone's following us Matt's like ah it must be Rand I knew he wouldn't leave me I'm sorry you were yelling at him 20 minutes ago to leave you yep that's Matt needs to get it together. Matt's very hot and cold. Matt needs a punch in the nards. A little bit. Not even just a punch in the face. He, he just, needs... He needs to get... He needs to get put right. He needs That's a kick sure. in the groin. <laughs> very fair. Because <laughs> I... Sometimes, apparently, that sets things right, at least in television. We've been watching a lot of New Girl lately. And they do it a lot. They do it a lot. They just hit each other in the nuts and then things... <laughs> and then things are fixed. Sure, okay. I can say that that's never happened to me in real life, so... Please don't punch me in the testicles to make things right. I will not appreciate that. No, no, but we don't we don't punch each other. No, you're not a guy. Right. I'm not. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I couldn't do it back. No. The person following them. <laughs> 
is Varen. Yep. We learned where Varen went. We learned where Varen went. Pretty quickly. Yep. Varen was sent there by Moraine. And Varen shows up and is like, okay, let's go. Yep. <laughs> She's like, I'm here. Deal with it. We're moving on. <laughs> and parents, I'm just here. parents like ran, ran at the right time. Yeah. I said, I hear. Little does he know that Perrin doesn't, not Perrin, Varen doesn't give a shit. Well, no, she does. She's but she just actively, wants to study him. She's actively interested in it. Yeah, she's like, I don't care. I'm not going to gentle you. I just want to study you. Can I sit and watch? Right. Like, can I watch as you go mad? Yep. She's like that. Like, she just has no filter. None at all. And she's like the worst stereotype of a bookworm where it's like she has no emotional compassion and just wants to study things. I mean, she's got a little bit, but not, not when it comes to things that she wants to study. Yeah. Because she, she mentions like like way earlier in the book that like Tomas is helpful. She likes Tomas. She likes her warder. Why didn't she bring her warder? Who knows? Poor Tomas. Poor Tomas. Yeah, because she does mention to uh, the Amberlin, like... Like, directly. Like, why don't you use your warder more? Yeah, you Tomas should, is very helpful. You should trust your warder. My warder is helpful. <laughs> like, she's got she's got some, just not not when she's studying something. She's yeah. all about the research. Which is the like the, that terrible stereotype of bookwormish people in media where it's like, yeah. they only care about books, do not care about true. people. That's true. But yeah, Marin was sent there by Moraine. Yeah, where I'm, is Moraine? We don't know. Where is Leandrin? Probably following Moraine. Probably. Yeah. Who knows what's going on? Although, realistically, if she was going to be following someone, she should have followed Varen because Varen went straight for Perrin. And, and, Maya... and presumably they'll catch up with and she Rand. wants And she wanted to talk and she just keeps like interviewing everyone about the three boys. She doesn't know which one can channel, but she knows one of them can channel. And... Yeah, she thinks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, she thinks she knows. She doesn't like right. actively know, but she's like. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people She's a little thinking... bit like me where it's like I say I know something. <laughs> You don't know it. But I don't actually know, but it's just like, this is my prediction for the book. Yeah. There is one more point of view, the shortest point of view here. It's very short chapter. Egwene. Egwene seems to be the, like, B plot. Yeah. There's, like, the stuff going on with Rand, and the stuff that's going on with Perrin and Matt are, like, wrapped up into that. And occasionally we get Pat and Vane sprinkled throughout. And then there's Egwene, who has her own adventures. Yep. And it's interesting that we're getting these from Egwene's point of view and not Nynaeve. I don't think we want to be experiencing this period. Period of so time. mad. Yeah. Just about, yeah. she's just mad at the world. Right. It's like, Land's her gone. boyfriend's being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the Aes Sedai are channel. like, like, Varen figured out what gets her to channel, and all the Aes Sedai were like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> you suck. You're the worst. Are you going to hit me? Huh? huh? <laughs> yeah, they're like goading her. And so then she sets something on fire and then proceeds to have a terrible lesson the rest of the time because they haven't figured out how to get her to consistent. Like, right. This is the, like, block that Moraine was talking about in the first book, that, like, Nynaeve figured out how to survive being able to channel, and how she survives being able to channel is she needs to be real pissed off in order to be able to do it at all. Yeah, and she needs to get around that block. Right, and fortunately for everybody around her, she really gets the most pissed off when somebody is hurt and she can't help them. Like, she feels like she should be able to heal anyone. And the anger at that point is directed at herself, so right. it's like... Right, it doesn't matter where the anger is, she just needs to be angry. She's yeah. like the Hulk. Nynaeve is the Hulk confirmed. <laughs> Just with the one power. And we, uh, she hulks out a little bit. The Amerlin shows up. Oh, yeah, the Amerlin pokes her real teach hard. Him, is, like, trying to teach him. And she basically, like, wraps Nynaeve in air and taunts her. And then Nynaeve snaps and, like, slams her against the wall and holds <laughs> and her with the power. And like, oh, good, there it is. Yeah. Swan means business. Yeah. She gets shit done and does not care if you like her at all. She's like Moraine with less tact. Yikes. Because Moraine... 
Moraine has no tact. Moraine has very Moraine has a lot of tact. She just not she doesn't always apply it towards you. Like she knows what she's doing. That doesn't mean she has tact. No, but she can anyway. She's very nice to Egwene though. She's like, yeah, you got it, Egwene. But I think that's like that's kind of just what Egwene needs, and that's Egwene's gonna be a novice, whereas Nynaeve is going to be with the accepted. Yeah, Nynaeve is too powerful to be a novice. And the Amarlin's like, if you knew even a little bit of what you were doing, no single woman in the tower could cut you off from the source. Because the way that, like, air-wrapping battle gets resolved is that the Amarlin cuts Nynaeve off from the source. Not, she doesn't still her. She just shields her from the source. To just stop her long enough that Nynaeve's kind of... Right, Nynaeve stops herself, her. basically. Yeah. And she mentions after that, like, if you knew even a little bit more what you were doing. No single person in the tower could do that to you because you're too strong. It would take it would take more than one of us right. to do that, which is what it takes to do that to a full fledged Aes Sedai, right? No, it's no? purely based on power. Oh, okay. I, power partially has to do with how much you know, but pretty much pure power. But yeah, like Egwene's just like cool. I'll do a flower thing. I'll, I'll like, yeah. flicker a little flame. She's just very the the like Egwene rose just button. wants to channel. Yeah. And so she is happy to do even the littlest bit. And she's channeling when the instructors aren't around, which is kind of risky, but it's Egwene. She wants to learn it. It's the I don't remember exactly. Is the like rosebud thing mentioned here again? I think they say something about a rosebud. Yeah, very similar to the flame in the void. Mm, yeah, it seems like the It's the gentler version of it. Yeah. Which kind of matches with Sidene versus Sidar. Yeah. Sidene is this like roiling violent thing and Sidar is a river. And then they get to Tarvalin and the girls get a rude awakening. Yes. They get to Tarvalin and then are completely ignored. Yep. And they're like, do we go? Where do, where do we go? Right. Like, no one's paying attention to them anymore. It's like a switch flips and no one cares about them anymore. Nope. And then they also get, when they meet Sherium, who is the novice trainer. Mistress of novices. Sherium something. I don't remember her last name. But they meet her and she's like, yeah, oh yeah, it'll be difficult. And Nynaeve is all protective of Egwene. Like, she... if it's anything like it like it was in the boat with the Amarillin, why are you doing this to Egwene? And she's like, oh no, no. It's not that it hard. It won't that for her. It'll be that hard for you, Yeah, though. the first couple weeks for you are gonna be that hard. Maybe harder. Because we need to make sure people know their shit. And, she, and she's like, and we do that to make sure that anyone who went through novice training, like, we didn't miss someone. Right. So eventually, Egwene will go through what Nynaeve is going through. She'll hopefully be better prepared oh, than Nynaeve Her was. temper is not as bad as uh, Presumably, Nynaeve's. she'll be able to channel at will. Yeah. She won't have to be furiously angry. She's got, yeah, Nynaeve's got this block going on right now. And it's not at all dissimilar to the block that exists in the main character for Shadow and Bone, which I've only read the first book. But she has a similar block around channeling her power because mm-hmm. she learned how to stifle it in order to protect herself. Yeah. And so her teacher gets her angry to the point where she uses it, but yeah. that's the only time she's able to until she releases another, that block. I think another good example might be Firebending, Avatar. The in uh like the last season of the first show, it's mentioned that like modern firebending at the time was based on like anger. And they go to like the original firebenders, the dragons, and mm-hmm. learn like the original way of firebending. And so that first one was based on anger and then when Zuko, the the like firebender kind of confronts his anger and no longer is like his personality isn't driven by his anger he can't firebend as well or barely at all and Aang was always having a hard time with it as well because he just doesn't he's not angry he's a monk he's not angry like he just doesn't get angry to enough to channel right. fire right. so he was having a hard time ch- like channeling that and then they had to learn a different way to do 
do it. And so yeah. I think Nynaeve is going to have to release that block that she has in order Somehow. to be able to channel. I think the hardest thing for her is that Sidene can't, not Sidene, Sidar can't be, like you can't grab Sidene and turn it to your own control. It, it's a, you said Sidene again. Did you mean Sidar? I meant Sidar, yes. <laughs> It's a river. You can't control a river. I mean, you can because, like, you can, like, make dams and stuff. But but sometimes it even it'll break through. Right. You can't grab and manipulate a river. You have to surrender to it. And then you can guide yourself through it. You can't just hold water in your hands. It's going to seep through. Right. And Nynaeve is not a person who surrenders. No. To anything at all. She's going to have to learn that there is power in surrendering yourself over to something. Right. And so it's it's going to be a journey for her. Yeah. For sure. Going to have to do some sort of like Aes Sedai therapy. Maybe. We'll see. To get, a, to get over her control issues. Yes, she definitely has control issues. And being around Moraine for a while was not helpful for her. No. And then being around Swan was less helpful. There is another funny bit where because Nynaeve's like, I don't want to learn how to conjure a stupid little flower. I want to do something useful. I'd rather, at this point, I'd rather someone teach me how to use a sword. I have some people I want to use that sword against. Yep. And Egwene's just like, oh my god, is she saying that about the Amberlin right to the Amberlin? Are Maybe she means land, because every time <laughs> every time I bring up land, she just gets really pissed. I think, side note though, especially regarding the uh, screenshot of a tweet or the tweet that you sent me uh-huh. earlier today, that's like, Lan didn't fall in love with Nynaeve because she's beautiful. He fell in love with her because her tracking ability is so great. Yeah. I can just imagine that fall even deeper in love with her if she just charged him with a sword. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you would just be like, you're amazing. Right. <laughs> it would have the reverse effect. It absolutely what if she knows it would. Nynaeve knows what she's about. Men with swords, apparently. And Lan knows what he's about. And warrior poets with swords. <laughs> warrior poets with swords. And Lan is about strong women. He calls her a lioness and she doesn't know how to handle it. Yup. There is one more Egwene bit that's kind of short. She's still having dreams about Rand. And not the, like, fun yes. dreams. She's having dreams... Apparently about Balsamon, according to our summaries for today. She just called him the yeah. masked man. Well, I didn't he's got make fire. that Oh yeah. Fire okay, eyes. I didn't make that connection. I just it wasn't written down on my nose, so yeah. I forgot about it instantly. Yeah. He's got fire eyes. She's dreaming about it. It probably means bad things. Which makes me think that if she's dreaming about Balsamon, then she is the person Balsamon's mentioning. I, I think that is a totally reasonable thing to think. Because like and the I, girl I who's looking over you, well, if she's dreaming about Balsamon too, then she's seeing him and so Balsamon if you dream about Balsamon Bosmon, Bosmon sees you, so... Yeah, totally, totally fair. All right, let's do our recurring segments because we've covered just about everything. Yep. Auras. Nope. Uh, nothing. Yeah, it's a long series and we have not a huge number of auras that haven't been seen already. No, we've got a lot. We've got none of Rand's. Do we? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. It's a long series. Like, and we've only got one of Perrin's so far. That's true. But Perrin has a lot less than Rand. Rand's got a lot that don't make sense. Like right. the, the, the pouring, pouring water into the sand, a funeral pyre, yep. a bloody rock. I know what all of these things are. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a bloody rock, like an iron hand. Yeah, there's there's some stuff. A sword that's not a sword, which yep. I feel like we might have... There was a sword that wasn't a sword in this section. The Amaralyn made a sword out of his See, that wasn't to do with Rand. Just like we've Rand. seen a red eagle and the horn, but, but not in conjunction with, with Matt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ship updates. Uh, Rand needs to get it together around Selene. Yeah. Because I don't trust her. I think the whole interaction is, is hysterical. Still don't trust her. Okay. That's fair. It hasn't frozen to like full ship. 
it's just like no i don't ship it at all oh it's not a, okay but he needs to get his shit together we're just talking about relationships in general okay sure no i um, ship one chip and that is land and knife land and knife cool Speaking about Land and Nynaeve, is there a ship update there? It looks like there's a ship update there. I just mentioned that Nynaeve gets pissed every time Egwene mentions Land to her. Yeah, okay. Just keeping track of... Because they're not on screen together. That's true. On screen, on page, whatever. Yeah. Favorite moments? Loyal and Rand and Huron not being able to handle how beautiful Selena is, but specifically the line from Loyal. Yeah. Because it's just like so out of character, but also just a good line. Uh, mine is, I think, Rand kind of casually killing five Grom at distance. Yeah, that's a good moment. Like like 15 centimeter bullseyes, five in a row at like 200 feet. Yeah. With a bow. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Sorry, pretty impressive. That was a yawn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was, this was uh, chapters 13 through 18. We will be back in two weeks with chapters 19 through 23. Bye. Bye.